Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads. We're here to serve you in any way that we can. For more information about our resources or our church, you can check out hope at crossroads.org. Online, you can find access to other resources like devotionals and study books. Thanks again for joining us. And now let's start this week's message. Amen. Wow, what a great service already this morning, celebrating baptism. I trust you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, Anybody need to repent for eating too much at the end of the service? Okay, some honest friends. I understand I'll be with you at the altar this morning after the message. What a great Thanksgiving. I hope that you had a good one. We were praying for you and um, also had the privilege this week to make a couple of visits. One was to our friend Elijah who got baptized this morning and to visit with Priscilla and Armand in their home and uh, hang out with his siblings. We had a great conversation about school. I asked his siblings, hey, what's your favorite part of school? And I can't remember which one. Somebody said recess. I was like, you're, you're, my, you're my friend. I remember those days, recess. Uh, so we're glad that you're here. Uh, I forgot, forgive me, that last week, I think it was last week, Uh, that our friends from Joyful Sound were going to be here. They did a fantastic job. Uh, That just means you're going to have to listen fast this morning because we are going to finish the book of Daniel because next Sunday we will find ourselves in Christmas in the season of Advent. And so you're going to have to listen fast and think fast, unlike certain football team did yesterday. I won't go there. Uh, So listen fast. If you've got your Bible, turn to Daniel chapter 12. And you may be thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, Pastor Jack. Last time we met, we were in Daniel chapter 9. You are correct. You are correct. I'm going to fast forward us to Daniel chapter 12 where we will land this morning. And uh, as we celebrate this week, not only Thanksgiving, we also celebrated a birthday. She may have felt she was going to slip it by and no one know, but we had another member of our 90 team uh, to the uh, equation with a birthday this past week. Miss Lottie turned 90 years old. Happy belated birthday. Don't look at, I told her she don't look a day over 50. A day over 50. She said, I said, you're the 5-0. She said, no, the 9-0, the 9-0. Well, we are, we are celebrating with, with her this morning. So if you'll remember last uh, week or two weeks ago, rather, we talked about uh, Daniel and his confession before the Lord on behalf of his people. And uh, if you see this chart that's up on the screen right there, you'll see there are a lot of parallels between Daniel chapter 8 and Daniel chapter 11. Let me tell you quickly what happened after Daniel's confession. Uh, after his confession and pleading on behalf of the people, he had another vision. He had mourned for about three weeks. And it really set the stage for this great time of persecution that was going to be coming to Israel. He's standing by the river Tigris and he sees this man and he has this another another vision. And this person that he sees, this is Daniel chapter 10, I'm quickly giving you. He sees this vision of a person who is dressed in linen. He has this golden belt on. He's looking like bronze. He's looking all powerful. His face is like lightning. The Bible says his eyes are like torches. Uh, Some people say that that was Jesus. Uh, Actually, it wasn't Jesus because if you go on to read uh, that chapter, uh, chapter 10 will say that uh, that angel 
says he needed some assistance. I don't think Jesus needs anybody's assistance to overcome anything. He is the all-powerful one. So we know it wasn't Jesus. More than likely, uh, an angel. And Daniel is alone. His strength has left him. Uh, and this angelic being says to him, Hey, you're highly esteemed. We saw that same comment in chapter 9. And an angel comes and says, Hey, I have been delayed in getting to you. Daniel is speechless before this angelic being, thinking, Why have you been delayed in coming? And he says, I have to go back and fight the prince of Persia. Daniel's about to receive the answer to his prayer, but the battle in the heavenlies is happening, and so he's not able to receive his answer. Let me just stop there and say to you this morning, there is a battle going on. You may not see it with your physical eyes, but there is a spiritual battle going on. As a matter of fact, I think the most, uh, most important time on Sundays in the life of a Christian oftentimes is a Sunday morning worship service. Because there are many of us, pastor included, that need to make some type of decision for Christ. And I play the mental mind games like you do. And there's this war in the heavenlies between the angels and the demons that are battling it out. And sometimes, even in our church services, we'll have things that get us distracted. Or we're thinking about lunch. Or we're thinking about who lost the game. Or whatever's on our mind. This is an important time where I believe spiritual battle is going on big time. And we don't see it. Because we don't think about it, we don't see it with our physical eyes, but it's happening. And this is happening even in the life of Daniel. And he's told at the end of chapter 10, hey, this war is coming and it's going to be in the future. And then we get into Daniel chapter 11, which you'll see, the reason I'm skimming through chapter 11, I'll encourage you to go back and read it. Daniel basically reiterates everything that he says in Daniel chapter 8. You might not can see that. If not, I'm happy to email you that little table for you. But he basically reiterates what he said in chapter 8 about the talk of these four kings and these four kingdoms. And he summarizes it by basically saying there is going to be this war between the north and the south. It's kind of, uh, some of you will remember this, some of you are too young to remember this, but it's almost like the story of the Hatfields and the McCoys. There's this back and forth, back and forth, fighting, back and forth. And one group loves Israel and the other group hates Israel. Back and forth, back and forth. We're still, by the way, in the midst of that back and forth right now. You're seeing that played out on national television and in the media. That back and forth, back and forth. That war that's still happening. And Daniel was foretold about it. It was prophesied in his time. And these dynasties that continue to fight for about 130 years. This is going on in Daniel's lifetime. He sees these kings fight back and forth. And the angel says to him... That the northern dynasty is going to answer back to the southern dynasty in this extended siege. And eventually a victory is going to go to the king of the north. And they will give them dominion over the glorious land. Now you'll remember a couple weeks ago we talked about uh, Antiochus Epiphanes. This great ruler that came about that many people thought was the Antichrist back in Daniel's time. But was really a precursor to the Antichrist that we might see in our lifetime I believe. And was a, an example of what we need to look for as we get toward the end of times. Let me just remind you about Antiochus Epiphanes, if you've forgotten. He was a very vile person. He hated the Jews. He killed his brothers. As a matter of fact, he killed 80,000 Jews. He took 40,000 of them as prisoners, 40,000 of them as slaves. And the worst thing that he did was he desecrated the temple of God. So this was a, this was a bad guy. And we read about that, just a rehashing, if you will, of Daniel chapter 8 and Daniel chapter 11. And we hear about this 
Antichrist that is to come, which Jesus told us that was going to come. As a matter of fact, Paul even told us and warned us about this. You may want to write this verse down, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Here's what he said. Don't let anyone deceive you. The day will not come until the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed. The son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he sits as God in the temple of God showing he himself is God. What is he saying? He's basically saying there's going to be a person who's going to come. Maybe even in the midst of the chaos we see right now. And is going to be the calming agent. And everybody's going to love this person. Everybody's going to think, wow, how did he do that? Everybody loves him. He's calmed the world down and he's bringing world peace. But he will be a hater of the Jews. And there'll be some identifying characteristics that for those of us who know Jesus and are tuned in with him, we'll start to go, wait a minute, could this possibly be the Antichrist to which the Bible tells us about? And then we get to Daniel chapter 12. And Daniel, in the midst of all of these things that are going on, that he sees in this vision, he sees and hears from these angelic beings that come to him, all these things that are happening, he has a response for us. And I want to share that with us this morning as we come off of our Thanksgiving holiday, which I don't know about you, but I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the great precursor to the season of giving. We give thanksgiving, and then we move into giving. And as Brandon said, it's so much easier to give when you are thankful. And when you recognize all that you have to be thankful for. So let's pick it up, Daniel chapter 12. Now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people will arise. And there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book, will be rescued. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will wake. Those to everlasting life, but others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. Let me stop right there. What's the first thing Daniel can tell us about being thankful? Here it is. We should be thankful for protection and deliverance. Protection and deliverance. You know, anytime you see in Scripture the angel Michael, uh, Michael is often associated with protection and in spiritual battles. Michael is like uh, the warring, warring angel, the fighting angel. He is the spiritual protector of Israel. And you see this in all kinds of passages. Daniel chapter 10, Jude chapter 1, Revelation chapter 12. Michael is even called the archangel. Now you may say, why why are you making that distinction, Pastor Jack? Here's why I'm making that distinction. Because when you hear some of these things that are going to happen at the end times, some of us who are believers mistakenly and maybe without full knowledge don't quite understand who our God is. Let me, let me just play a little game with you this morning if I can. You tell me, and I think we've done this before actually, you tell me the opposite. Okay, you ready? This is audience participation. Okay, good, light, right, up. Jesus. 
Satan is not the opposite of Jesus. Jesus is one and only, holy, almighty, all-powerful, omnipotent, mighty God. There is no opposite of Jesus. But that's what a lot of believers think, is that the end times, it's going to be like a wrestling ring, and Jesus is going to be in one corner, and Satan's going to be in one corner, and they're going to duke it out. I got news for you, that ain't going to happen because the battle's already been won. But that's in our earthly mind and our mentality. How we see it is that Jesus and Satan are opposites. They're not. Actually, the opposite of Satan, biblically, is Michael, the archangel. Michael was a warrior. He was a spiritual protector of Israel. And Satan, we know, used to be in the heavenlies, right? You know Satan's story. He used to be in the heavenlies. He was actually in charge of the music, which is why music is such a vital part of the life of a believer. We have to learn how to praise God in worship because Satan is the one who used to be in charge of that. And he was booted out of heaven. And he took a third of the angels with him that are called demons. You can read all about it in the book of Isaiah. And so Satan used to be an angel. Satan didn't used to be equal with God. Satan is a created being that was actually created by God. So when it tells us, when Daniel says, hey, I'm thankful here, and he's sharing about about Michael, this great prince, it says, who stands guard over the sons of your people. Get this picture in your mind. Those of us who know Christ, Michael, the archangel at the end times, will be standing in place, watching over guard of all those who call themselves believers in Christ. The great warrior. Now, he also says this, though. It's interesting. He says, there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. Now, if you think about it, and think about the Jewish people, those of you who are historians, let me just run through a little history. It's not my strong point. I had to do a little homework. But if you run through the life of the Jewish people, most of us would say, if we were... If we were asked, have the Jewish people had it difficult? Have they gone through some difficulties? We all probably would say absolutely. They've gone through difficulties through history. Think about it. From the horrors of the fall of Samaria and Jerusalem. We mentioned about our friend Antiochus Epiphanes. The destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans. The Dark Ages. We think about the 20th century Holocaust that just wiped out so many Jews. It would seem to us maybe in our human capacity that, wow, Israel's been through all this stuff. They they probably aren't going to go through anything else this difficult. That's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that before the end times happen, before we go to glory, before Jesus returns... There will be a time, according to that scripture, there will be a time of incredible oppression and devastation to the likes you and I have never read about. We can't even comprehend. We can't even wrap our mind around it. Maybe we are starting to see it played out right now on national television. I don't know. Could this be the great tribulation? I thought a lot about that. Let me give you my answer. I don't know. We'll see. But the Bible says this will be a worse time of trouble than Israel has ever seen. And you think about some of the things that they've seen. As a matter of fact, Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 24. He says, there will be a great tribulation. Such has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, nor 
ever shall be. So it's with great sadness that I would tell you this morning that when you think about Israel and the Jewish people, the worst is yet to come. So I would encourage you to pray for Israel, to pray for Jerusalem, to pray for the Jewish people. And to pray hard because there is a fraction of people, even in our beloved United States of America, who are doing the exact opposite. Which to me could be a sign. This is the end. So even with all of that though, Daniel makes mention of this great prince who stands guard, Michael This incredible angel who is guarding us, making sure that we are protected. And so I would just ask you this morning, as I think about this in my own life, are you thankful for the protection of God? Man, I cannot tell you how many times... Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? That I look at things that have happened in my life, maybe even things I prayed for, things that I wanted to happen and they didn't happen. And I got mad and frustrated and, let's just be honest, really ticked off with God. And then all of a sudden, a few months pass by and something happens and I'm going, oh, <laughs> now I understand, Lord, why you didn't answer my prayer. Or why you watched over me, why you protected me. So we should be thankful for God's protection. But then he goes on to say this, verse 3, he says, Those who have insight, during this end times, those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. And those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? He's talking about you and I. True believers in Jesus. When the Antichrist comes and tries to deceive us, good news, he's saying, guess what? Good news, there will be some, there will be some that will be shining like the stars in heaven and their brightness will be shining out and they will be giving insight to people. People will be coming up to them and going, hey, Harvey, did you, do you really think this is the end time? And Harvey, or maybe Gene will be able to go, let me tell you what the scripture says and we will be able to give insight to those who don't know why because the, the wisdom of God will be within us because of the power of the Holy Spirit. We will be like stars shining in the darkness. What am I saying? I'm saying, Jesus, Jesus told us very well this many, many, many years ago in Matthew chapter 5. He said, you are the light of the world. How's your light doing? You got fresh batteries? I had to buy a remote for the TV the other day, and you buy one, and batteries are not included. That just really frustrates me. It's not working. Oh, there's no batteries in there. You've got you to buy batteries. Guess what? You as a believer, if the Holy Spirit is working in you, you don't have to buy batteries. Batteries are included. The power is included. When you come to know Jesus, when you follow him in baptism, the power to follow God is included. Peter said this, everything that you and I need for life and godliness, God has already given to you. Can I encourage you today? Some of you are waiting to take that next step of maturity for Jesus, and you're thinking, as soon as Jesus gives me a little more insight, as soon as Jesus gives me a little more spiritual instruction, then I can go there. Guess what? You've already got it. You've already got it. If, if Jesus, if the Holy Spirit was not in you, and all we had of this scripture in the Bible, we would have enough. It's not that we need, I love preaching by the way, in case you can't tell. I love the Bible, I love being with us together. 
But if there was never another sermon preached to us as believers, we already know enough through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we already have enough in our heart and mind to go out and change the world. We don't need anything else. That's not an excuse not to come back next Sunday. But he's saying, wow, these people are shining like the stars. He's saying, I'm so thankful, in my, in my kind of paraphrase, I'm so thankful that there are people who are shining out, who are going to be the promise of righteousness. Despite all this calamity going on, there's still going to be people that are shining. Can I just be honest with you? There are people in the world, they don't know it. They don't know it yet. They don't know it. They don't know it. But as the world continues to get worse and worse, and that's what's going to happen according to Scripture, the people who don't know Jesus, who don't have the power of the Holy Spirit in them, who are not a light, let me just tell you, they are going to be chasing after light like crazy. I know they're not right now. I know they're not. I know they're not. I know we don't have a waiting line to get in the church. I know. I know we don't. But mark my words, the time is coming. And people will be wanting to get to the light because it's a dark world. And so he says this, his angel says this in verse 4 to Daniel, but as for you, Daniel, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. Literally, some translations say this, shut up the words and seal the book. And basically what he's saying to Daniel is, everything that you need to know is already taken care of. God allowed Daniel in this experience with this angelic being in this conversation to get a glimpse of the future that is going to be shared with us now all these many centuries later, sitting here in 2023. To see some things that are going to happen, let me just list them to you in summary of all that we've studied in Daniel, some things that we should be looking for. And he says, he says these things. You're going to see people shining brightly. Like the expanse, the brightness of the expanse of heaven, and those who lead many righteous like stars forever. But among those are also going to be those that aren't shining brightly. Because here's what he's shared with us already there will be a world ruler that is coming on the scene that is going to utterly oppose God. There will be a world religion. Based on this abomination of desolation, which we're going to talk to in just a minute. So when you start hearing somebody go, let's just all be friends. Why can't we be friends? That somebody's going to come on the scene and try to unite us all. Well, I know you kind of believe differently, and I believe differently. But let's just meet on common ground. That's not necessarily bad. But when you, when you walk away from the doctrinal truth of God to find common ground, that's not, that's not finding common ground. That's called compromising your faith. And this person, whoever it is, whoever this Antichrist is, is going to be in the midst of all that. This world war that is going to happen. A time of great tribulation. And all this is happening, by the way, on a riverbank. The same riverbank that Daniel mentions in chapter 10, chapter 11, and 12. This whole conversation, this whole vision, this discussion with these angelic beings, he's standing on the riverbank of the Tigris. And as he's standing there, verse 5, it says, Daniel, he looked and behold, two others were standing. We assume two other angelic beings are standing there. One on the bank of the river and the other, the other on that bank of the river, across the river. And one said to the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river, How long will it be until the end of these wonders? 
Daniel's hearing this discussion go back and forth between these angels. And he says, verse 7, I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river as he raised his right hand and his left towards heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times and half a time. And as soon as they finished shattering the power of the holy people, all these events would be completed. So there's some questions that even the angelic beings are asking which emphasizes the fact that Scripture tells us even the angels of God don't know when Jesus is coming back. So you shouldn't feel bad. I know some of you feel like, man, I'm smart. I should know that. I've studied the Word of God. I should know. No, you no, it's all right. Even the angels don't know. They're asking these questions in this, in this vision that Daniel sees. How long is this going to be? How's it all going to turn out? And let me just say... For, for sake of discussion this morning, we're, we're not going to get into all that. By, by the way, I would just tell you, some of you mentioned this to me, you're exactly right. We could be in the book of Daniel from now until 2050. There's so much stuff here. So we're just skimming the surface, I understand. We could get into all kinds of debates about what this times and time and a half and is it 3,000 years, all these kinds of things. And, and we could debate them, and that's great. We could have some fun doing that. Maybe one Sunday night in the future we'll do that. We'll just have everybody come together and discuss whether you're pan-millennial or post-millennial or I'm pro-millennial. I think it's, I'm for it however God wants to do it. I mean, we can debate all those things and figure those out or discuss them and try to figure them out. But it's interesting. I've actually only seen this in the last few weeks preparing for the sermon today. After all of this discussion, what happens... And what one of these angelic beings says to Daniel after all that discussion. It's interesting. As Daniel says this in verse 8. As for me, I heard all this. I could not understand it. So I said, my Lord, what will be the outcome of these events? And here's what the response is. Hang on. Don't miss this. I love this. He says, Daniel... Go your way, for these words are concealed and sealed up until the end of time. What's he saying? Thank you for asking, because I had to do a little study on that to find out. My grandfather used to do this when I would play 21 questions with him. When I was a kid and I would ask questions, and he would, he would make up different things. I knew, I knew he was making some of it up. He just did that to get me to be quiet because he's like, as soon as he gets to 21 questions, maybe he'll be quiet and he'll... And sometimes I was persistent. I would ask 22 questions. And if I pushed him certain, you know, hard enough, he finally would look at me and the rest of my cousins would be out playing football or whatever in the backyard in their house down in the big, huge metropolis of Calpin, South Carolina. And he would look at me and he would say, move along, move along, move along. Which basically meant, I got more important things to do today, and so do you. Go play football with your cousins. They're out here. Go, go, move along. In a sense, that's what this angelic being is, sta- is saying to Daniel. We, we actually read it incorrectly the way our modern translations are, but actually it is a command to go your way. It's not just talking about physically moving along. It's saying, the angel is saying to Daniel, take a mental break off of this issue. Because you're focusing and you're consumed with when is this going to happen and how many years and let me figure out the math and you're figuring out all the details and that's not what you need to do right now. I think God might be saying the same thing to us. 
He didn't want Daniel spending all his time and energy speculating and worrying about things that he couldn't possibly know the answer to. Instead, what he said to him was, obey what you already know, move along, move along. It's interesting over the history of the church, if you know your church history, all kinds of periods of church history, there's been certain focuses throughout the years depending on what's been going on. Many kind of areas of biblical teaching that pastors for some reason or other focus on depending on what's happening uh, in the culture. You might remember that in the 2nd through the 4th centuries there was this huge focus on Scripture. Scripture alone, faith alone, God alone, Scripture alone. Just focusing on the doctrine of Scripture, that was important for people in that century for whatever reason. Then, then there was another century that came along, there was a focus on the Trinity. Then in the 5th century, people focused on who is Jesus. Then the 7th through the 9th century, the focus was on the doctrine of man. Then you get into the 1500s, 1600s, the doctrine was how do you really know you're saved? There was this focus on salvation. Now we find ourselves in the 19th, 20th, 21st century and everybody's wondering when is this ride over? And isn't it interesting what we see playing out in culture? And so what does, this, what does this angelic being say to Daniel? He basically says, here's the reason you should thank God. Thank God because you're going to be preserved when all this stuff happens. He goes on to say this in verse 10. Many will be purged. Many will be purified. Many will be, some translations say, many will be refined. I like that. But the wicked will act wickedly, and none of the wicked will understand, but those who have insight will understand. So what's he saying? He's saying all this stuff that's going on for Daniel, he's saying in the future, for us, maybe the near future, we don't know. But all these things that are going on that could cause us to panic or worry or start to ask questions about, okay, when is this going to happen? Let's try to mark it out. It's going to happen in 2024, January 14th, 2024. That's when Jesus is coming back. Some of y'all just kind of looked at me like, how do you know that? I don't know that. I'm just making that up. We try to figure all that out. What he is saying to Daniel is, why don't you spend your time worrying? That's, that's an important issue. But why don't you spend your time worrying about something else? Like, for example, let me give you some four examples. Who do you know in your life that doesn't know Jesus? If you've been waiting to the last minute, it might be today. Say, Pastor Jack, you say that kind of with authority like it's easy. I say it with authority because God's telling me to say it, but I'm not saying it's easy. I got lost people in my family just like you do. Difficult conversations. I got people who say they know Jesus, but don't live like they know Jesus. Those are really difficult conversations. When you try to have them, they're like, well, I'm a Christian. Oh, is that why you're sleeping with your girlfriend? Huh. Maybe so, let me find what, what book of the Bible. Maybe that's in Hezekiah chapter 18, maybe. I don't know where that is. So I have the same challenges as you do. But he's telling us here, let's stay focused on the important things, if I can just summarize what I get from this. And he gives an encouragement. Many will be purged, many will be purified, many will be refined, but the wicked will act wickedly. So if I'm thankful this holiday season, I'm thankful as we kind of come through Thanksgiving, I, I am thankful, one of the things I'm thankful for is that God will preserve us, those of us who know Jesus. 
These end time things, yes, they are coming. I don't know how that's going to work out exactly. I don't know when it's going to happen exactly. I, don't, I, I know it's going to be messy. I know it's going to be horrible. I know based on God's word, it's going to be the worst thing that Israel's ever experienced ever, ever, ever. I know it's going to be crazy, but here's what I do know. I'm going to be preserved through all that if I know my child of God. If I know Jesus, I'm going to be preserved through all of that. I will be purged, I will be purified, I will be refined. But the wicked not so, the wicked will act wickedly. Can I just share another thought with you? You and I need not get so overwhelmed and discouraged by seeing wicked people live wicked ways. Because that's what wicked people do. Can I even be more honest with you? We have to be really careful in the church. Pastors and ministers have to be really careful in the church. Because sometimes our desire is so, there's such a passion to see people come to know Christ. That we can easily, if we're not careful, want them to change their behavior and not God change their heart. Because we just want things on the outside to change. Let me just share with you. Things on the outside that change will only change permanently if something on the inside has changed. And I see some of my friends who don't know Christ, and I'm like, man, sometimes I have incorrect thinking. Man, if they would just quit this, if they would just stop this, if they would just do this. And it's all based on actions and outward performance and behavior modification and has nothing to do with heart transformation. So if you see people who are living unholy, ungodly, and wicked, then it would only be safe to assume, if that's, if that's the habit, it would only be safe to assume that they are ungodly, unholy, and wicked person. All of us do unholy, ungodly things. But we ask forgiveness for that. I'm talking about repetitive behavior over and over and over and, th- and there seems to be no conviction in their heart or no repentance. I would tell you, based on what God says, not what Jack says, that if you see that, that person's not a child of God. You say, how can you say that? I can say that because a father disciplines his children just like I discipline my children. Even though they're 25, I can still kick their tail. In Jesus' name. Discipline. And I do that because I love them. And if you and I feel discipline, as painful as it is sometimes, we should go, thank you, God. You're just reminding me I belong to you. Thank you, God. Hit me again. Thank you, God. I deserve it. So be thankful. And here's the last thing we see in this passage. It says, many will be purged, purified, and refined, but the wicked will still act wickedly. None of the wicked will understand, but those who have insight, that's you and me, as children of God, we'll understand. Verse 11, from the time that the regular sacrifice is abolished. So this is, scholars would say, this is at the midpoint of the tribulation. When the Antichrist will abolish, and you can read this. Jesus talked about this again in, in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 24. The Antichrist will abolish the Jewish sacrifices. From that time, 
This angelic being is is saying to Daniel, from that time, the abomination of desolation is set up. There will be 1,290 days. I don't know why he told Daniel that, especially after what he's already said, because I would be going, if I was Daniel, okay, wait, 1,290 days, let me pull out my calculator. Let me start figuring out when this is going to happen. How blessed is he who keeps waiting and attains to the 1,335 days. And attains to the 1,335 days. But as for you, go your way to the end. Then you will enter into rest and rise again for your allotted portion at the end of the age. Here's the last thing I'd say to you this morning. And there's so much more there. Daniel's prophecy, what he's hearing from this angel about the abomination of desolation, is a sign, one of the signs that would mark the immediacy of Jesus returning. And Daniel's mind is filled with all these all these exciting, maybe some of them were frightening thoughts at what was going on. Perhaps it was interesting for Daniel, to, for, for those things to kind of become a distraction for him. So the angel concludes with this final reminder, go your way to the end. Basically, go do what God has called you to do and don't get so consumed in this. God had a course he wanted Daniel to complete and Daniel needed to remain focused on that. So what would I say to you this morning. Here's what I'd say to you as we close. The, other, the last thing that I'm thankful for is I'm thankful for the delay. Because see, maybe there's someone seated in here in the sound of my voice. Maybe there's a family member or a friend that you know that's not said yes to Jesus. And there will be a day, we don't know when it's going to be, but there will be a day that will be too late. Not today, hopefully. So have you given your life to Him? Do you know Jesus? Have you surrendered your life to Him? It's very simple. We complicate it quite often, even in the church. But it's simply saying to Jesus, I'm a sinner, Lord. And if it's up to my righteousness to make me good enough to go to heaven, it's not going to work. So I'm thankful for the grace of God and the righteousness of God that makes me like that star in the heavens that shines brightly. It's you through me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. And I surrender to you today and ask you to lead me. If that's a prayer of your heart, I want to invite you in just a minute. We're going to stand. We're going to have a song of invitation just to come down the front and say, you know what, of all these things that I'm thankful for this holiday season, one of the things that I'm most thankful for is my salvation. Most of us could say that. Maybe today you'd say, you know what, I need that salvation of Christ. If you do, I'll be here. If you need to come and just, you want to offer a prayer of thanksgiving this morning to the Lord. If you want to grab my hand or I might ask my friend Heath, my friend Stephen to come stand. We'd love to pray with you and encourage you this morning. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, thank you this morning for your goodness to us. We're thankful for your protection and your provision in this crazy world. We're thankful that no matter how things turn out as we watch all this stuff on the news, for those of us who know you, Lord, I believe your Holy Spirit would just say, move along, move along. You're firm in my hand as a child of God. So move along. Go do what I've told you to do. Maybe there's friends or family members your life that need to know Jesus I'm thankful for the delay that the Lord has not 
set the very last things in motion yet. And maybe he's given you and I an opportunity to share Christ with a classmate, schoolmate, maybe a coworker, maybe a friend. Maybe even as we transition in just a few minutes to small groups, we need to pull out our phone and make a phone call or text somebody and say, hey, can we meet for coffee this week? There will be a generation, church, I don't know if it's our generation, I think it is, but there will be a generation that will be the last generation before Jesus Christ returns to call us home. I hope you're ready. I am. I am. If you're unsure, my friend Heath, Stephen, myself, we'd love to pray with you and encourage you today. Father, I pray during our time of reflection, our time of surrender, or our time of invitation, it's an invitation from you, from your Holy Spirit to do business with you today. And whatever you've said to our heart, I pray we'd be obedient. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness to us. You are great. You are holy. There is none like you. There is none like you. We ask you to move in our midst today so that you can get the credit for anything that happens in this place. Church family, while you're praying, before we sing, anybody just need to slip out of that seat this morning? Say, I surrender. Anybody need to say yes to Jesus? I'm not talking about being a member of Crossroads. Not even talking about have you been baptized. Do you know Jesus? If not, this morning, I'd love to share with you. Just a simple prayer is how that can happen. If you need to make any decision for Christ... We'll be here as Brandon leads us in song this morning. If you want to sing, that's great. If you want to pray, whatever God leads you to do during this time, this invitation belongs to you this morning. As I come into your presence, past the gate of praise, into your sanctuary, till we're standing face to face, I look upon your countenance see the fullness of your grace and I can only bow down and say Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads. We're so glad that you joined us for the message today. If Pastor Jack or any of our team can serve you, please reach out to us. You can send us an email at jack at hope at crossroads.org or by visiting our website. We would be most grateful to know where you are listening because we have people all over the world listening to our podcast. You can send us a message through our website. We would appreciate your prayers for us as we are in the midst of a building campaign to reach more children and families in our local community in Greenville County, South Carolina. If you would like to help, you can always make your gift online at our website, hope at crossroads.org. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads.